everyone. Great to be with you. I hope you are all keeping well. We are continuing on in our new preaching series, Restless. And the question that we want to look at across this series is simply this. How in our day as followers of Jesus do we find the rest and peace that he offers to us? Our culture around us, the world around us, is full of worry and hurry. It it defines the shape of our culture more so now than ever, I'm sure you'll agree. And yet so often, just like our culture, as followers of Jesus even, we can find that our souls too have a restlessness about them, that we have deep worry and anxiety, hurry and worry, if you like, going on in our lives. And I really believe that in these days, that as we're in lockdown and all that's going on in the nations of the world, Jesus wants to get our attention as his church, that actually he's using it to invite us back into um, the rhythms of grace of his kingdom, the rhythms of life of his kingdom, that I I really believe that he wants to call us to holiness and lives of integrity as we follow him as disciples. So I just want to start briefly with two questions for us today. And the first is this, how can we escape or can we escape from the frantic pace of life? I don't mean run off to the hills and hide in a cabin, but can we escape from the pace of life and make room in our souls, in our inner life for time with God, life with God, to grow in him and space for one another that we grow in deep relationship with one another. And then secondly, why is it that we have so much soul anxiety or restlessness in our lives as followers of Jesus when his invitation to us is to come and find rest in him? God created rest and Jesus has saved us for rest. And I'm sure that in these days, God wants to awaken us again into life in his kingdom. Nigel started his preach last week with a confession, and so I'm going to do likewise because it's good for the soul. I am no master of living a hurry-free life or a worry-free life. In fact, I'm not even an advanced student. You only need to ask Emma and the kids, and I'm sure that they will happily tell you of countless times when I've been irritable, absent. Oh, they'll tell you plenty of stories. You only need to ask them that I am learning this like all of us. The book that we're recommending alongside this series, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, is a superb book. In fact, I I really believe it's a prophetic message to the church today, particularly in the West, around this area of hurry. Um, And John Mark Comer uses his phrase, hurry sickness, that defines much of the life of people in the West. And I I think that's true for many of us, even as followers of Jesus. And this book feels more timely right now in the midst of all that's going on than, than ever before. In this, in, in early on in John Mark Comer's book, he talks about that many of us believe this lie that if only I had more time, then I'd be able to deal with the hurry sickness in my life. And I, I think as I've been reflecting on that over the last few weeks that actually it's been a, a, something that I've believed in myself. 
if only I had a bit more time, then I'd get all the jobs done that I wanted to. Or if only I had a bit more time, I'd be more organized and I wouldn't let so many people down. Or I'd get to spend more time with Em and the kids and that kind of thing. Or I'd get to do those leisure activities that I would really love to do that I know will bring me rest in my soul. And in his book, he really helpfully um, breaks down that argument and that way of thinking and says, actually, that's not the true answer to finding rest and peace for our souls. Just over the last few weeks, I, I've realized that actually my um, hurry in my life often means that I am late to meetings. And yes, I'm sure you're well aware of that. And I was thinking, well, hopefully in lockdown, that will be no different because I'll, I'll be able to reclaim the time of traveling to a meeting. And I haven't got to travel there. All I need to do is pull my phone out my pocket or pick up my laptop, press Zoom, and there I am at the meeting. But lo and behold, it turns out I'm late even to Zoom meetings. I mean, how does that happen? So I am learning this too. But the amazing news of Jesus and the amazing gift of his invitation to us is that he invites us into rest here and now today. His invitation to us to follow him is far more than simply one day down there, one day when Jesus returns, one day when I'm with him in glory, then I'll find rest. It's a here and present reality that he invites us into, his kingdom among us here and now. Yes, I know I'm saved. I know my sin's forgiven. I know that I am secure in Christ, that, that I have life with God, reconciliation with God, eternal life. But, but Jesus says it's not only just a then thing, it's a here thing. My kingdom is broken in here and now. And what Jesus offers us, in fact, is a way, it's a different way altogether of being human. It's, it's a new take on humanity. And he comes and he models that for us. He pioneers a way for us to live with rest and peace in our soul through God, to live with life in God centered around him. And Jesus models that for us, what it looks like in his kingdom. I, I love reading Psalms and I love Psalm 62 um, that I read it and I, and I find myself going, God, I thank you for salvation. I know that I am, as I said a moment ago, safe in your hands. And I find my soul just gets so um, excited and, and motivated by this kind of psalm. Let me read it to you. It says this, no, our burdened souls only truly find rest in one place. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge, is God. And I read that and I want that to define all of my life, not just the core of my life, not just one day when I'm with God in glory then, but even the borders of my life today, I want that sense of salvation and rest in God in my life here today. And I'm sure likewise that you do also. But the reality is I read that and I, I know that Day in and day out, I have a restlessness in my soul and a sense of hurry and worry that overtake me at times. And I know that God wants to bring his peace into my heart and into your lives in increasing ways in these days 
that we are in. So I, I hope this morning we are motivated as we, as we dive into the scripture to, to, to give our lives to following Jesus afresh in these days. Jesus' offer to us of rest in Matthew 11 really is a remarkable invitation. Jesus has, in Matthew 11, Jesus is talking about his kingdom and he's just revealed who he really is. That he is the embodiment of Israel's God. God taken on human flesh. God with us. He calls God his father and he identifies himself as the son. And there is so much packed into Matthew 11 that we don't have time for to go there today. But off the back of that, we begin to see how people and places respond to him. And what's amazing about Jesus' invitation to come and follow him, to come and follow his lifestyle, is in fact the people who turn to him and to his way of living and enjoy life in his kingdom are in fact, they, are in fact the unlikely ones. They're the vulnerable and the needy and the sick, the small children, the poor in spirit and the broken in spirit the nothings and the have-nots of this world. They're the ones who begin to turn and follow the way. They're the ones who begin to, to see Jesus for who he really is. There's something that happens in our life that can only really happen in one way when we see Jesus for who he really is as the Son of God. And it starts and becomes real, not by simply knowing some things about Jesus, but when we make a decision to actually follow him, not just to, not just to acknowledge him, but to follow him with our whole lives. Of course, it's important that we ask the big questions of life and faith. Who is Jesus? Can I really place my whole hope, my future hope in him and his life and death and burial and resurrection? Can I trust the Bible that it's the revealed word of God? And can I, is it trustworthy to build my whole life on that? And these are crucial questions that we ask, and we must ask them, and in fact, we should ask them throughout our whole lives. It takes a lifetime to, to arrange and to, and to really dig into God's word and to, and to build our beliefs around that. But in my life, and I know it's true for, for us as followers of Jesus, that the times that, I, that Jesus becomes most real to me are not simply when I correctly understand some theological truth about who Jesus is. But it's in fact when I lay down my life and my way of doing things, my natural instincts, if you like, for dealing with worry and hurry and anxiety and trying to cover those things by running off to all kinds of things that promise relief and satisfaction from the cares of this life. And I lay those things down, that way of being down, and I go to Jesus and I receive his way and I adopt his way of life and his promises of life as my way of life. And as I begin to respond in faith and obedience to, to Jesus' call and his teaching to follow him, what happens in life is that we begin to make some decisions of following Jesus that really look crazy to the world around us. This is well illustrated in the brilliant film Cars, as the wise old sage Doc Hudson is teaching the young upstart Lightning McQueen how to drive on dirt. And he says this to Lightning McQueen, I'll put it simple, if you're going hard enough left, you'll find yourself turning right. 
To which Lightning McQueen replies, All oh, right, that makes perfect sense. Turn right to go left. Yes, thank you. Or should I say, no thank you, because in opposite world, maybe that really means thank you. You see, just like Doc's advice to Lightning McQueen, the way of Jesus to us can seem very upside down. Just listen to some of the things that Jesus tells us about life in his kingdom. To find your life, you must lose it. The first shall be last. It's better to give than receive. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And on and on, Jesus teaches us and embodies and, and shows us and demonstrates what the kingdom of God is like, this upside down kingdom in comparison to the values and the ways of the world in which we live. Following Jesus is as counterintuitive and as difficult as for us as it was for the first people who heard the message of Jesus about the arrival, the announcement of the way of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' day, the, the hot issue of the day was heavy taxation and violence of the Romans as, as the people of God um, suffered under the oppression and occupation of Rome. And the question really was, what should we do about this? How should we respond and go on in light of this? But when you look at Jesus' teaching as a whole, not just into those issues, but the whole of our lives, his teaching really does cover the whole gamut of human life, money, relationships, food, sex, vengeance, love, parents, marriage, forgiveness, and on and on. Jesus speaks about what life for, for the human experience looks like in his kingdom. And if you were to take, say, Jesus' teaching on sex and money today, and you went into the center of Swindon and you began to say to people, this is what the kingdom of God looks like in, in these areas, people would think you're crazy. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus taught about peacemaking 2,000 years ago in the first century AD, as he taught about the, the, the kingdom of God is a peacemaking kingdom. People there couldn't receive it. They thought it was crazy. So Jesus knows that for us to follow him and his pattern, his way of life, the, 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 the design of his kingdom is hard for us. He knows it's a challenge for us as he invites us to come and enter into his kingdom and take part in his life. Jesus is fully aware of that. Jesus is also fully aware that life is hard and complex, that Boy, how difficult is it for us? I'm, I'm so aware of this as I grow older slowly that making changes to my life, even small changes, is increasingly becoming harder. Forming new habits is becoming harder the older I get. And just even making the slightest change takes so much effort. See, Jesus knows that we live as his followers, with the burden of living in a broken world, a fractured world, a world compromised by sin that causes deep restlessness in our souls. He, he really does know the challenges that you are facing today. He, he knows the challenges that the world is facing right now. He is fully aware of that. He was real about the lives of those who he was talking to when he was first talking about his kingdom 2,000 years ago. He, he knew what life was like for those guys. And yet he comes into the midst of their trouble and their challenges and their equivalent of worry and hurry. And he comes into the midst of our challenges 
and our worry and hurry and restless hearts, and he invites us to follow him nevertheless. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is it that you find when you follow Jesus? What is it that you find when you actually follow him with your whole life? Not just place your hope in him for a future reality, glory with God. But when you say, Jesus, I want to apprentice under you. I want to follow your lifestyle. Listen to this. Two times, verse 28 and 29. I will give you rest and you will find rest for your souls but note this you find rest but you don't find escape from your burdens he doesn't say come to me you who are weary and heavy burdened and you won't have any more burdens that's not the offer of Jesus he actually says come to me and I want to place a new burden upon you my yoke I want to place it upon you but my yoke is easy and light and Jesus uses this metaphor of a yoke to, to talk about his teaching and his way of life that he invites his followers into. I'm sure you know that a yoke was a piece of shaped wood that would go across the neck and shoulders of oxen, typically to drag carts and plows through the fields. And Jesus invites us to be yoked to him, that he's this older ox, if you like, and we're the younger ox that's learning what it is to plow straight and true from dawn till dusk, navigating the boulders and the bumps in life, staying true, not going off course. And Jesus says, I want you to learn this pattern of life from me. I want you to follow me, to do as I do, to, to learn what the, as Eugene Peterson says, the unforced rhythms of grace are in life. And so, Jesus says, my yoke is light and easy. And as you come to me and as you follow me, that is literally to take my yoke upon yourself, but it doesn't crush you. It's not an overbearing weight. In fact, he says, this yoke transforms the experience of your burdens and it transforms how you carry them in life. So this is what Jesus offers us. In the, he comes into the midst of all of our restlessness, our hurriedness of soul, and he, and he speaks life into us. He speaks a, a welcome to us of peace and rest by offering us his burden, his yoke. In effect, he's saying, I'm the only one who can give you the peace and rest that your soul so deeply longs for and is searching for as you look for the rest and freedom from hurry and worry and all those other things things. But here's the thing. As we follow Jesus, as we respond to him by faith and take his word by faith and we adopt his lifestyle, he doesn't simply ask us to adopt some new ideas. He invites us to follow him, to apprentice under him and his way of life. Yes, it's going to be difficult because it's not our natural instinct. Jesus' kingdom isn't how we would naturally go about things. 
But as we do that, what we discover is his presence becomes our reality. We literally begin to experience life with God in the here and now. So what does this mean for us? So John Mark Comer, in his book, he says this, an easy life isn't an option. It's never been an offer from Jesus, but an easy yoke is. I know and you know and Jesus knows that life is complex and we all have complex situations that we're trying to navigate. And we're all wrestling with hurry sickness. We're all trying to, to, to get beyond that, to deal with the anxieties of life. But here is the amazing promise. That for those of us who have trusted in Jesus, we get to approach him in our brokenness. We get to approach him in our need. We get to rest in the fact that we have nothing to prove before God. That Jesus has done it all. We get to therefore come to him freely. I think that actually some of us, we, we accept Jesus' offer of salvation as though it were, were a ticket that he goes around dishing out to us. Says, here, have a ticket for salvation. You might need it one day. Just cash it in and you'll be fine. And we go, great, thanks. And then we forget to fa- we fail to remember that we're meant to actually follow his pattern of life. And so worry and anxiety and challenges come into life and we don't know what to do with them. And we, we kind of chuck them into a cupboard. We slam the door and we say, God, I can't deal with that. You've got to deal with it. And Jesus actually says to us, no, 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 no. I want you to come to me and I want to teach you how to carry that burden. I want to teach you how to carry it in such a way that it's not just more burden, but you find rest. I wonder that for many of us, we, we stop growing in God because we don't come to him. We forget that we can freely come to him and say, God, I'm in need of your grace. I'm in need of your love in my life. I just want to remind you that as we come to him in Christ, we are fully loved and accepted by our father in heaven. We, we come to him as children and he welcomes us and embraces us. He receives us. And I just want to remind you that as we reach the end of our resource, of our efforts, of our strength to deal with our worry and hurry, we're only just beginning to touch the resources of heaven, to tap into the things that God has for us. We will never, we will never exhaust God's sufficiency and his grace towards us. The writer to Hebrews in chapter 4 says this, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. There's this odd concept, isn't there, that we have to make effort to enter rest. I just want to remind you that the gift of salvation is the free gift of God. It's a gift of grace. It's his mercy. You can't earn it. You don't, we don't deserve it. We don't work for it. It's a gift of God that we receive by faith in the person of Jesus Christ and his death and substitution on the cross for us in our place. We receive him and by faith and we receive salvation and eternal life. But actually being a follower of Jesus is incredibly costly and it is hard work. We have to take hold of our life and we have to be um, ruthless with ourselves. We have to ruthlessly eliminate hurry and sin and we have to put those things to death 
as we learn the Jesus way, as we are disciples of him and apprentices under him. Jesus has so deeply committed himself to us that as we step out in faith and obey his words and follow his example, what actually happens is we truly begin to see him for who he is. And we discover that he is God who carries us and enables us in the midst of our challenges. He doesn't just say, off you go, you'll be okay by yourself. He says, I'm with you. I carry you. I'm in the storm with you. And that's true rest. So I want to encourage you to invite him to bring insight into your life where you have worry and hurry that shapes the borders of your life. Just invite him to come and and point those things out to you. Ask him to give you wisdom into burdens that you're carrying. God, how should I carry this burden right now? Let Let me learn from you as I'm yoked to you. Let me learn your rhythm. Let me learn your pattern of life. Ask him what it is to be a follower of him in the midst of difficult challenges. You see, in the midst of today's always on world, 24-7 news, bad news at that, especially right now in the midst of all that we're facing, I really believe that God is wanting to invite us as his followers to make radical changes to the shape of our life. That, That he's calling us to holiness. He's calling us to an integrity of following him that maybe wasn't there before among us as a community of God's people. And I want to to encourage us as a church to lay hold of Jesus in these days, to to yoke ourselves to him again. You don't worry about last week. And if you haven't done well so far, say, Jesus, I give myself, I bring myself to you again. I want to learn from you again. It's going to take courage to make change. You, You can't do it on your own. Change is impossible on your own. But learning from Jesus and his rest and his peace in your life boy, he brings new life and life that is true life to us. So I just want to finish by reading the message version of this passage to us. Maybe you just want to hold out your hands, close your eyes, just be before God right now and allow God to speak into your life about this, to to encourage you, to call you on as a disciple of him in this moment. Are you tired Worn out, burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of your Son who who leads us into true and ultimate rest. And Jesus, I want to thank you for your faithfulness to model life with God, the kingdom of God, the unforced rhythms of grace, the peace and presence and joy and hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. I want to thank you that you've invited us in to share and learn from you by carrying your yoke and your burden upon us that is both easy and light. And and in that, you invite us to 
life in its fullness. And I pray right now that in these days you would do a mighty work of your spirit, motivating and calling us to give ourselves to you again in these days, that we would grow in you, that we would find life coming, uh, peace and deep rest coming into areas of worry and, and hurry that have defined our lives for years maybe. So we bless your name. We, we pray, do this for your glory. Do this for, for the sake of your gospel and your kingdom. And Lord, do it for our peace and joy and hope, we pray in your precious, mighty name.